Hi everyone and welcome back to the Gentleman's Talk. On this fine Monday evening for me, obviously will different depending on when you're listening to my podcast. However, I hope you're okay. I hope you've... Oh, sorry, I'm just adjusting my music in the background whilst I try and get the levels right. Just be a... I've, I've put something a bit different on today. I've just It's just creeped up with my 2021 list and um, it's quite vibey. <laughs> if that's even a word. Um, so I'm just going to look for something a bit different. But um, it's, a, it's the thing where you're multitasking now. Got to get the right music in the background to set the right ambiance. There we go. So yeah, I hope you're okay. Um, had an interesting podcast. Gave me a lot to think about. The, the Reflection Week podcast that I just done. And um, the reason I wanted to jump on really today was... Um, I. I I want to talk about a, a subject I, I've spoken quite a bit about, and that's the the subject as I sip my green tea and being all healthy. And um, I've said this about when you're depressed, when you're sad, when you're low, you seem to surround yourself with the wrong people. It's it's I don't know why. Well, I do know why, and that's hopefully I'm going to try and give you an insight into my opinion, my personal opinion, and. Um, again, it's only it's like I said, it's not a medical opinion. It's just something that I've learned through reflection, through looking at my past, um, and just trying to build a better picture of where I went wrong to make sure number one, I don't do it again, and and number two, explain that you know we make mistakes. It, it's inherently it, we wouldn't be human if we didn't make mistakes. It, if you're not making mistakes, you're not challenging yourself. In my eyes, that's the ethos I've always had. And if you, when you surround yourself with the wrong people, it brings on a massive amount of sadness. But at the same time, you think it's the right area to be in. And do you know what? I just, I'm not really much of a football fan. And I don't see that in, in a negative sense. It's just not a sport I follow. I'm, I'm more of a uh, motorsport, MotoGP, uh, Valentino Rossi, sort of uh, Lewis Hamilton for F1, that sort of thing. Colin McRae for uh, rallying. They're the sort of areas I really, motorsport is just for me. There's uh, a lot of high adrenaline, a lot of fun. But I watched the um, Piers Morgan interview with Ronaldo um, and I looked at it more from a mental health perspective and it, and it resonated with me because, and I speak about this and I spoke about it yesterday actually in my, in my reflection podcast and resilience and strength and I spoke it, it how it doesn't matter what wealth group you're in we're all susceptible to pain during our life we all are it doesn't matter whatever process and whatever path you're going on whatever journey whatever work you do whatever we're all susceptible to the pain and sadness that life can bring us and there's no more proof in the pudding than the interview with Ronaldo and Piers Morgan. And there was a lot of history in that. There was a lot of hurt. You could see that. He was surrounded currently by a toxic environment to him. Um, I don't know enough about his background to know, you know, I, I've seen the mixed reviews. Some people are saying that he's the toxic person and some people are saying that the club's a toxic person and they're supporting Ronaldo. Obviously, that's life. You're you're going to be pro or, or against, aren't you? It's... It, depends on who you want to really support do you support an individual player or do you just support the the actual team and that sort of rhetoric goes with um you know 
I support Yamaha, for instance, which is why I've always been able to follow Rossi with confidence because I like Yamaha. I've had Yamaha motorbikes and that's kind of where everything sort of kicks in when you support a player or a team. Um, but for me, it's it just goes to show that even this this guy, he's just a normal guy. He's got a family. He's trying to put his family first. He's also trying to reach for the heaven um, to get his own special merits and get himself in the Hall of Fame or whatever the football equivalent is. And he's just doing what any normal man would do. He's trying to raise his family. He's trying to support. He's trying to push himself and strive to be the best at what he does. And even he's sad. You actually watch him in the interview shed a tear. You actually watch him fall apart and let himself and I and I say fall apart in a nice way you actually watch him let his guard down and show his is true in self and just goes to show that even somebody that is rich beyond belief and don't get me wrong he's not an arrogant rich he does give a lot away and does look after a lot of people so he's a what I would call a nice rich and um I think that's really important with him. But even he is susceptible to sadness. Even he can't pick his environment. He's stuck behind a contract. And how many of us are in that boat? Whether you know, you, you're know you going to work and you have to work because you have to provide. You haven't got time to upskill yourself. You haven't got time to look for a new work. You need this regular income because you're supporting your family. You're doing what you should do. But every time you go to work, you suffer mentally it slowly chips away at you that's another addition and one of the biggest stress the, the sort of stresses really in life for men is work because we're focused on working we're focused on building supporting growing protecting whatever you name it there is no job too small for a man and that's true it's very true even when you look at the equality aspect and you look at how women want to be equal they don't do the equal things i'm not picking on them by the way christ almighty before i get stuck in and then you say well but it's true i'm not saying that they're not equal they're very 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 equal um, and i think that they complement each other male and females they complement each other they do the right amount of things for each other you know we don't carry babies as men because, you know, we haven't got the pain threshold that women got, which is why women have a high t pain tolerance, etc, etc, etc. It's all the positives. And men have a high pain tolerance to the fact that we can push ourselves beyond our limits. The only thing that normally limits a man is his brain. And that's, you know, that's a that's a known um, that's a known fact. And I'm not saying, you know, obviously protection factor and all the other things kick in but it's the mental thing that stops you from pushing yourself each time you get that mental block and I'm not saying that there's no equality but at the same time you don't see many women doing the really horrendous jobs that men do and you know they like their, their their equality and their certain comforts I get that it's absolutely but men are just doing what they do and this is where I really got sort of it, like I said, it resonated with me, this fact that this guy has, you know, the top of his game, but he's held back by politics, he's stuck in a contract, no amount of money can, you know, bail him out, even to the point where he just spoke his honest opinion on a TV show about how he feels he's being treated, and do you know what they've gone and done? 
They've instantly fined him one million. I don't know whether it's dollars or pounds. I think I assume it's pounds because it's Manchester United. But they've, uh, they've, and I'm looking at this not from a sporting aspect. I'm looking at this from a mental health perspective. This guy has come on. He's done an interview, probably against his contract. I get it, but at the same time, they've been treating him like shit. And he just wants out. He just wants to move on with his life. And it just goes to show no amount of money that you have. And he has endless amounts of money. Like I said, he's. I think they worked it out that he could pay that £1 million fine in three days because of what he earns. So he's not short of a bob or two. But it couldn't stop him. And it didn't make him happy. He couldn't pay to be happy. Because he wanted to do his job, but he couldn't do his job where he wanted to do his job. And how many have you done that? How many are we doing? How many people of us? How many of us are doing jobs we don't want to do? Or we look at the alternatives and go, do you know what? I could do that job. And if I do that job in another country, I get paid a lot more money. And we're dealing with all these parameters. But at the end of the day, it just goes to show everybody is susceptible to pain. Now, he's felt his pain. He's come on TV. He's... He's done what I'm saying we should do, speak out, speak up. He did it in a respectful way, if you ask me. He wasn't negative. He was just an upset person who's been treated awfully and laid his heart on the line and got fined for it. So instantly he's been made to see the bad person for speaking his mind. And that just reinforces the fact that men, you can't talk out. Don't don't you dare speak out against the person that's treating you poorly how dare you and that's another thing whereas if you did that for if that was a woman in that situation yeah and it was it was a woman and and say for instance it was a um and i'm just going to chuck an extra little dit in there a little a little bit in there sorry and that's say for instance it was a woman team and a male coach that did that and and, and the woman came on and cried her eyes out the world would be in uproar He'd be getting fined, he'd be getting kicked out, he wouldn't be able to do anything, he's now a bully. He would get absolutely ridiculed if somebody had come on and said, oh yeah, I'm being treated a bit unfairly by such and such, and you know what I mean? He didn't, and that's the, that's the difference of, of how men are even treated, even though there's people out here that are talking and going, yeah, speak up, let's get ourselves, we can make ourselves better, rah, rah, yeah, let's all look, look after each other, really good one. And... There's the man just trying to make a, an honest uh, pound and doing what he is amazing at. And that's what I mean. It's it's difficult, isn't it? And that sort of brings me round, really, to think about. And it's interesting, really. And, and the reason I spoke about that was because I thought it was an interesting aspect from a mental health perspective. It doesn't matter how much money you've got you still suffer pain, you still suffer the sadness that we all feel. And really what I mean by that is, in, in, and to put that into an instant positive spin, is everybody can go through this pain. We all have to go through this pain. So let's do the right thing in looking after ourselves. Let's eat healthy, drink plenty of water, get exercise, socialise, show affection. All the good things, the real endorphin boosters, the real serotonin boosters, that's what we need to look at. Get those natural things flowing. And it's really important that we do that. And that's where the well-being kicks in. And I know for a fact that, you know, okay, Ronaldo is going to have... Is, 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 his incident is probably far less than everyone else's. And I, and I mean that in a, in a, in a negative 
not in a negative, sorry, but in a positive sense that, you know, he has, he is going to inherently have the ability to, you know, make his life better once he gets into that contract and goes and plays someone else. If he doesn't, he's got financially millions to sit back on. And I think he's got his own island. So he's going to make himself happier faster than we would do it. But at the same time, he'll still do those same things. He'll still spend time with his loved ones. He'll still eat healthy. He'll socialise. He'll still show affection. He'll try and do what he wants to do and loves to do in the right area this time. So Everything will work out and it's all got a similar ethos on how we all need to attack life. And that's where I really changed a bit of tactics in my last podcast. Sorry, I'm just going to have to sip on my green tea. Ah, delightful. In my positive vibes cup today. And um, yeah, so it's really sort of kind of brings it, it brings it round um, naturally to, to understand that as I spoke about yesterday, it's bringing in the positivity. It's it's making a change. It's changing the way we look at things. And it's removing the, um, it's trying to look at mental health for what it actually is. And that is, it is an illness. It is, it is, you know, it can cripple you. It can, like I say, it can steal you of your future. It can, steal you of your dreams it's it's nasty it's horrible it's there's nothing good about it but I say that and then stop and then I go actually there is look at it as like I said yesterday resilience resilience and strength that's the way to look at it it offers you that ability to Make yourself armor-plated because you know you've been through these horrible times. You know you've done it. Even if you went through the horrible times last month and they were horrendous. Then look at it like, actually, well, I'm through. And, okay, I feel shit again. Right, why do I feel shit? Start analysing it. Start thinking about why you feel shit. Because there will be a problem. And, And nine times out of ten, it's the details that people don't really talk about that's actually making them sad and I did that I said I used to say it all the time I'd be like oh why are you sad oh, I'm just I'm tired or um, I'm just not in a good mood today or oh my fucking bill came out has left me a bit short it's all superficial stuff but it's really easy to you know come up with that as a whim to say I'm feeling sad because of x y and z you know however I've learned in great detail now that you really need to get down to the finer points when you're actually opening it up to people. And that's because it's the finer points, the little details that actually offer the light at the end of the, the tunnel, if you like. And, and sh- the light beams through that, cl- that crack in the wall that I talk about, you know. Um, and it's really important because... Once you start seeing that and you start getting down to the nitty gritty of why you're unhappy, whether it's a relationship, whether it is your job, whether it's whatever it may be, friendships, whatever. When you actually get down to why you're sad and then you think to yourself, well, actually, I can do something about this. Whether it's an incident, you can go, "Okay, I can acknowledge that's happened. I, I, I fully appreciate it. I accept that it's happened. But there is nothing I can do about that in the sense that I, it's in the past. It's, it's, it's done. I need to now live in the present. It's the gift. So I don't want to keep casting my mind back 
all the time to think about the sadness. And this is where my journey's come along. And like I said, we're, we're that year point for me. And for me, it's kind of come along to say, well, I'm enjoying life. I'm okay. I get sad and there is a lot of sadness. I'm, you know, I get there's a lot of sadness, but well, you've got to try and put a positive spin on things because otherwise it's a, it's a constant battle. It, it just makes life that little bit harder. And yeah, there is days, there's days where I, like I said, the weekend, I, I fully appreciate it. There's days where you don't want to get out of bed. Absolutely. And sometimes they, those, those specific times, they will take over. They will cripple you they will knock you back they will take you a couple of weeks to rebuild yourself but what you can do is try and be as positive as you can to help you battle through those dark times and that's where I said you know in my previous podcast I am open and honest because when I'm not feeling great and I'm not feeling spectacular and I don't want to socialise and the mental health has taken over and there is times where that happens more often than not. I mean, I can put a positive spin on this. I absolutely am putting a positive spin on this because I want to help you to try and look for that little bit of sunshine along the way. But you have to acknowledge those dark times are still going to be there. There's nothing you can do about that. You, you may be one of these people that are subject to manic depression. You, maybe you, you've got a PTSD symptom that is revolving around something that happens every single year, like mine does. Mine revolves around, you know, like I said, November to January just absolutely fucking cripples me. I can't drive. With that is a season effect change. I get sad. I get sad around September because I start building myself up for the dark time. So I do go up and down. So my winters are fucking horrible. Absolutely horrible. And the only way that I combat those horrible times is by looking forward to the summer times where I can do the win the, the sorry, the water sports and I can do the golf and I can do whatever I want to do, but it's outside in shorts, vest, enjoying the vitamin D. And there's no pressure, there's longer days, you don't see the darkness, there's no rain, mud. So we get it, and, and that's just because maybe I'm one of these people that I like that time of the season. But what I am trying to do is, here I am now in the thick of it, we are coming uh, you know, almost to one of the anniversaries. And... You know, of one of my, in this was, you know, this was, uh, you know, whatever, the, the crash. I don't want to dwell on it, but I always think then, I always get a bit stressed out making sure that I don't drive on the day. It's really weird how I do these things. And there would be a psychiatrist now that would be sat here going, well, you're just reinforcing it. You're just putting a date to it. Don't do that. I get that. I absolutely get it. But it's really hard for me to gear that around. That's in my brain. It's ingrained. Um, you know, it naturally comes up and I, and I just have to fight it. So don't acknowledge it. Don't, sorry, don't ignore it. Acknowledge it. Make sure that you, whatever is making you sad, you acknowledge it. You you reach out to the right people. And this is where this whole well-being bubble comes into play with us all. Because what you do is you bubble yourself up around those people that are going to support you. And that's very much why I love the people that are around me. I love every single person. I, I genuinely, I give 110% to those people and like I said for me it's very very rewarding and that's where I've this whole journey how I'm driving through and I'm going through that I spoke yesterday about you know smashing through the uh, banner at the end it's a long way away and it's going to be tough 
there's going to be tough roads. There's going to be potholes. There's going to be all of those things. But what we need to do is is incorporate the positives. And even if it just means it's sending one message to the right person to say, hi, how are you? Just re-engaging with that person or acknowledging that that was a sad time in your life. You're apologetic, but you move forward. And, you know, these are all encompassed in rebuilding ourselves and really understanding ourselves. And it's not until, like I said, it's not until you really, really get to the depths of sadness where you really start to understand yourself and that's where I've been rebuilding and rebuilding is because I want to understand myself more and more I want to I want to understand what tick makes me tick I'm I'm almost like I said I've got to um, 41 and I feel a little bit rejuvenated actually and I think that's just because my outlook on life is a little bit different to what I was in my 30s I'm trying to settle into life I'm trying I'm still weirdly wired but at the same time, I've done the right things along the way to make that path easier. Because one of the things that I found with the sadness and the depression side of things, and this is probably something we can all relate to if you're listening to this and you've, you've had a sadness episode or, you know, you've had, um, you know, a spout of depression or something like that. If you're not one of these sort of like introverts, massive introverts, but... You, you tend to find if you're an ex- extrovert, and I know I'm labeling things, but I don't really want to, but we've all got different personalities. Some of us like to be, you know, really reclused. And, and I've been through phases of that with my depression where I've just shut myself away. I, I remember actually um, when I first had the car crash, the first three months um, were horrendous for me. Um, I used to wake up at 10 o'clock. I used to take my dog for a walk from uh, over at uh, one of the local army ranges when they weren't using it but it was miles of just fields yeah. and I used to walk around there um, and then come back and I'd be back for one o'clock and I'd go back into bed um, at quarter past one and I'd wake up at five for tea and then I'd go back to bed at seven and then I'd just sleep all the way through until the morning and I did that for three months because I was heavily 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 depressed now I didn't see that as a problem and when I say it now I said it at the start with a little bit of a, like a, oh, I remember, as in like, let me, let me remind you of how fucking crazy that sounds, that I thought that was normal. What was even worse, and the reason my depression got even worse, was when I realised that wasn't normal, I didn't understand why nobody spotted that around me. That was another thing that hit me hard, was I was saying, oh yeah, I'm just sleeping all the time, and everyone's like, oh yeah, you know, you need to just relax, mate, and yeah, yeah, probably, you you, you must need it, mate, you must need it, and it, they don't realise you're just fucking heavily depressed, and this is the signs and symptoms that I talk about, and the reason I talk about these signs and symptoms is because they're what we need to look out for, to help each other, and that was so out of character, because before that, I'm a worker-fucking-holic, and after that, I'm a workaholic. So you can see the massive amounts of difference that even in that three months, everybody around me, you know, family, um, you know, wife, everybody, all didn't think that was a problem, just thought it was me. And I literally slept so much. It was unbelievable. And I just wanted to shut myself away. And then I all of a sudden went, oh, I can't keep doing this. I'm going to um, I'm going to go back to work. And then I just went back onto a commute, the commute that caused the fucking car crash. So I just jumped back on the horse. It's almost like we're geared to just fucking get on with it. Oh, you've just almost been in a coma for three months, mate. 
Crack on, buddy. Off your fucking trot, mate. Um, yeah, back to work. You, you're all good to go. Smiling and waving. For the best part of two years, I did that. Before I thought, there's, there's something not right here. I mean, yeah, all right, I've done some things a long way. I've had a bit of road rage. I've, you know, had some fucking incidents and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, but that's all normal. It's all normal. So, and it's, that just goes to show how easy it is. And I'm a, I was a social person, but... What I was doing was immediately, and this is where I talk about this, I was surrounding myself with very toxic people that wanted me for um, fun, uh, finances, and that was about it really. And I did because I felt that they gave me everything I wanted, so that I thought that they gave me the fun, they, they gave me the endorphin rush, I genuinely felt that they cared and what I'd actually done in that space of time was I pushed away all the people that genuinely loved me because I held I did hold uh, hold resentment because I was like you never really saw me when I felt like I had depression and then I got diagnosed with it and I was like I fucking knew there was something wrong why has nobody else fucking helped me why did no one spot this why did nobody say James fuck me you shouldn't be sleeping that much in one day for three months that's it's fucking ludicrous mate what are you doing but nobody did and that's the sad thing about that is um not one person in three months and then i when i went back to work and even when i went back to work i would sleep at work i'd sleep at dinner time and then i'd sleep i'd uh, most times i'd drive home and i wouldn't fully go home because i didn't want to walk through the door and not be fully awake but I was tired so I used to pull over in the lay-by and sleep for an hour and then I used to go in because I that'd give me another hour before I was exhausted and I went to sleep again so it was like constant but nobody noticed this nobody went yeah there's a there's a fucking problem here mate um you know you need looking after and I think that's like that was and I went by for years and then when I got diagnosed with depression and told everybody they're all like now you yeah oh fucking hell I was like what's wrong and then no one really understood it for another couple of years and in that two years I just went no I've had enough and I started surrounding myself by like I thought people that loved me and you know it turned out they were very toxic and they you know I, I learned some very very harsh lessons about life whilst I was there and why did I do that though that's the question and a lot of people will probably say well why and there'll probably be people out there that can relate to this because when you're depressed my experience of it is you try to find adrenaline you try to find um, that serotonin rush. I remember when I first moved out, like I left, when I told you I left everybody, I, I just went and lived in a, a house, you know, nine miles away from my family in the middle of nowhere. I didn't tell anyone where I was moving. I just fucking had enough. But I lived there for six months. Now, again, there wasn't one day I didn't drink to the point where I made my own homebrew and I was going into work fucking smashed. It felt like, you know, just severely hung over. Um, it's difficult, really difficult, because even then when I was getting drunk all the time, it was never seen as a problem. And it was I was doing erratic things. I was making a rash. I was making rash, rash decisions. But nobody noticed it for years and years and years. And it wasn't like it was obvious when I cast my mind back. It was it was pretty damn fucking clear. But I don't think that that's their fault. I just think that that's a, a lack of understanding on a lot of people just thought I was rebelling. They just thought, oh, it's James, he's rebelling. He's quite the rebellious type. He was, you know, you know, I did have a, a relatively structured but strict upbringing. 
Um, but at the same time, it didn't make me a bad person in any way, shape or form. But it did make, make me want to rebel a little bit against, you know, um, against society in that sort of sense. And I don't I don't like to follow this normal lines. I'm quite creative. That's why I like to be creative. I don't like to follow the normal paths. I, I like to find a way to succeed and, and, you know, make a difference quite quickly. But. Yeah, I, I, you, you do. You, you tend to surround yourself with the wrong people. You tend to surround yourself with what I call toxic people because they're after you for the fun aspect that you can potentially bring, or the fact that you're willing to be daring and crazy and have a good time and take them for a jolly good fun. Um, you know, in that sort of sense, and you, you do have good experiences. And and do I look at them and back as seen as they're negative? No, not really. But at the same time. They are because they were very toxic to the people that really mattered around me. And that's the bit that I've spent years rebuilding is you actually push the people that you really should have around you away and you hold on to the wrong people and you seek the wrong people. You don't actually make the effort to acknowledge it. And sometimes you can't see it for the right on the wall. You can't see it in front of you because you're fixated in that that stage you also I also remember getting very defensive over those toxic people very defensive um, and that was a difficult bit because I felt that I protected them then so I was giving them everything and I was getting what I thought the good stuff back and I wasn't I wasn't getting the serotonin in actual fact I've spent years rebuilding everything and that's the purpose of this journey really just to talk about the mistakes we make that we make they can be undone they can they can be undone they can be rectified anybody is susceptible to pain anybody is susceptible to depression it doesn't matter who you are so what we need to do is look after each other and actually enjoy life and make get every opportunity to make someone along the way enjoy life with you like I absolutely do I am a complete advocate of anything fun I'm doing come along for the ride because let's do it together and make a memory but do it the right way let's do it the fun way not the toxic way and that's by looking after the people that are around you so it was really just a kind of little spin, really. I was going to keep it short and sweet tonight. Um, I just wanted to jump on and sort of give you a little bit of an insight into, you know, that sort of susceptibility, really, and, and just make you aware that you're you're not the only one. And I don't say that as in, like, chuck it in your face. I don't say that as, like, you're not the only one, mate, you know. I mean you're not the only one. There's other people that go through this pain. There is no... There's no criteria. There's no special suit that you can put on to just get depression we're all susceptible to it we all have a weakness and that's the thing it doesn't matter whether you're rich as hell or poor it, we can we can we're all susceptible to it yes the rich will feel that less than the poor i get that i'm not stupid i'm i mean you know I, I absolutely get it but what i'm saying is we can all be susceptible to it so if we all do the right things we can manage our mental health at the right level and do and set life at the right level and that's really important to do so it's just a message really just to say after and just sort of like i said it resonated me with ronaldo just to see him you know break down it was nice that a man again was able to show his affection on TV and into the public eye, you know, and, um, you know, I, I think that's a, a commendable thing. I think we should, you know, when you look into sort of Tyson Fury and what he's doing, um, pushing mental health, singing a, men a song for, for mental health, for men's mental health, you know, Paddy Bimler, 
Um, you know, he's talking about it on social media and uh, you know, absolutely jumping out and using his w fight win to talk about it. Um, you know, you've got Ricky Gervais. He absolutely spouts on about it and talks about it. Even Jimmy Carr. We're all talking about men's mental health. And that's the most important thing is to get us talking because we are all susceptible. And we've got to look after each other. And that might mean that, you know, just making the call, making the message, accepting that you're sad, but trying to be positive or at least embrace the positive. Sometimes just by showing positivity, you can absolutely, you know, help or change someone's outlook on life. You might be that common, you might be that common denominator. You might not be the common denominator. You might be the embrace that they needed. And that's really important. And that's where we keep nurturing this. We talk about it all the time. We become open about it. We engage with the right people about it. It's all removing the stigma. And that's really, really important that we do that because the stigma is what is killing us. It's what's stopping us from making the change. It's not, it's what's stopping us from saying, actually, I don't want to do this anymore. I actually want to do that. What can I do to do that? Set yourself a goal, set yourself a plan, but give yourself that future. Give yourself the right outlook. If you want that house or you want that job or you want that qualification or whatever, you want that child, you want that relationship, you want your family back or whatever it may be. If you want it, the key word there is if you want it, go and get it. And like I said yesterday in Strengthened Resilience, if you want this happiness, you have to go and get the happiness. But there's no point doing it alone. Do it with the right people around you. Really, really important. I'm going to leave it there. Um, I'm going to do a little one, actually. Uh, so do a little one. We. I'm going to uh, do a little podcast tomorrow because I've, I've, I've been researching quite a bit on vitamins. And I'd like to share a, a little bit. And it's not an expensive thing, but it, it can be life-changing. In, in, and I mean that in a positive way. I'm not saying, you know, it's absolutely going to change your life well that is life changing James um okay okay it's going to better your life it's going to better your life that's a better way see kind of go big and go home and sometimes it just sounds absolutely ludicrous um so I'm going to talk about vitamins on my next one because um I've researched what have I got here two four five I've got five vitamin groups that I take and I've been taking them for a week and a half now and I'm and I'm starting to feel already the positives and um it may be something um you know that it will help you obviously if you're on medication um make sure that you speak to your doctor uh, and i will caveat that on the next podcast when i talk about it just because none of my advice is from a medical background it's from an experienced background i do try to do as much research as possible though and i don't try to you know do anything stupid um but i take these as a natural vitamins and um they they do they perk you up and uh you know they make you feel a bit more positive i think so um i'll talk about that in my next one so I hope you have a great rest of the day, evening or whatever time, whatever's left of your day from listening to this. And uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to share it, please, as much as possible. And um, yeah, get the positivity spread out there. Thanks very much and take care.